You are listening to Dad Bods Podcast. Enjoy and remember to always cash tickets. Welcome, everybody, to the Dad Bods Podcast, episode number 79. And we have two of the dads joining us. I am Guns Picks, and to the right, if you're watching at home, the Odds Fellow has joined us. What's going on, my friend? NBA playoffs tonight. How you feeling? The play-in has started. The first round is coming. What a great time of year. I love this. I'm enjoying it. I'm ready. I got the Nets hat on, the buy hat, as one of our guests likes to say. This is the buy hat. We'll get into that later, but... uh. But yeah, I mean, great time. Baseball, Masters just happened. It's spring is in the air. Like this is Ooh. the best, right? It really is the best. It is a prime time. It is underrated prime time yep. for uh, gambling in general because you have all the playoffs going to be starting NHL, NBA. Uh, you have uh, the Kentucky Derby coming up. You have uh, about the Derby. boxing and UFC is always having a fight week to week, but. I mean, we're, we have a full jam-packed show, so, I mean, we have no time to waste. So let's just get to the sponsor real quick, and then we can bring in our electric guests all together. So let's give it up to the sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Viva Tequila Seltzers. That's no, right. <laughs> From the promo, we have our sponsor, Viva Tequila Seltzer. Viva is a refreshing and drinkable heart seltzer. 88 calories, zero carbs, zero sugar, and 4.5 ABV. Viva is a perfect drink for your NBA playoff celebrations as it was created for the active life in mind. Viva flavors at Tequila Seltzers because flavor is the spice of life, and they like their drinks with a kick, just like we like. To live our lives. Viva flavors there. They pairs perfectly with artisanal Blanco tequila for our subtile and refreshing drinks. They believe is to, their belief is to live long, live well, and live it up. Hashtag Viva up and check them out on Twitter at Viva Seltzers. And let's get into a little NBA mode, shall we? Let's start off with our first guest. He is the number one capper in 2020-2021 season. I'm sure he's had an electric season this season as well. And at Sports Memo, you can see him as a regular on the NBA Talk with J Money is Money. You can see him on the Triple Double Show with John Ryan Sports. Uh, You can call him Ron. You can call him Kabang. Just don't call him late for dinner. Ladies and gentlemen, the first time on the Dad Bods podcast at UCapper. What's going on, my friend? Welcome to Dad Bods. What's good? I'm glad to be here. Excited, man. I'm I'm excited to be on this panel with you guys. I mean, you guys are you guys are awesome. I see you guys' show. You guys doing it, doing it big. That's you also awesome. fit the dad profile, so it works in if it's nice. Yes, sir. That's right. Yeah, Fellow yes, sir. dad joined us. You'll probably hear my kids like yelling in the background pretty soon when That's they're brushing their teeth. That's white noise. <laughs> I don't even, even notice. Well, yeah, most of us on the East Coast, my kids are dead asleep. Let's hope. <laughs> we might have a visitor. Doesn't matter. Just like uh, Oddfellow has had his on uh, f- uh, previous podcast. Mm-hmm. 
But we have to introduce our next guest. He is a regular on the Dad Bods podcast, and you can also see him on NBA Talk with J Money is Money, a beloved regular on the Dad Bods podcast. You may see his vibes on at Shark in Sports on Twitter, and he is coming off a plus 96 unit regular season. That is a 68% hit rate. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, give it up for Shocky Waters Nation. What's going on, my friend? 96 units and a beautiful season. It is 10.20 p.m. Wednesday. We got a game going on right now. Pelicans in a sweat. Ronald Kabang in the chat. Guns picks. College football in the fall. Odds fellow 21K views, I believe, on a suddenly not so casual weekday. Weeknight it is. We got six series to preview here. Guns, lead us into it, and let's discuss all six series. Top looks, top props, top angles, dynamics, and all the things you guys want to hear. Shark and Water Nation. Now it's a lifestyle. Right away, we got water. Let's dominate. I think the best thing to do is, like, I want to start with the best in the West. I think the West is going to be competitive. I mean, the East is going to be competitive, too, but I want to start with uh, one of the matchups here. Let's start with the Dallas Mavericks versus the Utah Jazz. Now, I know there's some injury concerns on the Mavericks side, but I'm going to start with you, you capper. What do you think is going to happen in this series? What do you see in at least in game one? Yeah, this one's a tough one because, like, if we're talking just game one here, we're still seeing Mitchell dealing with illness. He sat out the last game. We don't know he's going to play. Luca obviously, is the biggest one on the Dallas side. Um, and, and even Kleber. Uh, Kleber's status is always uh, is up in the air as well. Um, and looking at this game here, uh, both of the teams, the home teams won uh, in the regular season. Um, and Luca at home, he dominated those two games at home, and that's the two games that they won. So without him, it's going to be tough. And, and they're starting the season uh, – they're starting the series at home. Um, so that's that's going to be a big thing to watch here. Um, you know, as far as, like, post-All-Star break, Mavs were dominating. They were dominating the post-All-Star break, 17-6 and six straight up um, post-All-Star break. I think that that might have been – maybe first or second um, the best record post all-star break, but obviously Luca, Luca is the big status uh, status uh, uh, update that we need to, to keep track of. Yeah. And jumping off that, I mean, I think unfortunately as we go into this first round of playoffs and the first day of games, uh, Saturday, April 16th, two of the games, both in the West completely contaminated from a prognostication standpoint by injury, Luca Doncic and Steph Curry, what's going on. And it's hard to put out an official play on this. I mean, you can track the line. The line is, of course, all over Utah. Utah did just get hammered 114 to 100 at a plus six and a half figure going back to uh, March 27th. And that was, of course, as Ronald suggested, in a, in a uh, period of the season where the Jazz just could not win a road game. And they would get up huge. They were up huge in that game. They're up double digits in the first half and just melted it off. They've been inconsistent all year. There's been a lot of you know tabloid speculation, as we've noted numerous times. We don't know how much that's a narrative just to get a click or if it's real stuff between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell potentially not wanting to play together long term. Of course, if Luka doesn't play here, you get the ultimate Ciroc on ice. Is P. Diddy traveling with the team playing of the Utah Jazz to basically suck all competitive and motivational flow out of the group? You want to take the Jazz here? If Luka doesn't play, theoretically, they should win this in five going away. But again, of all the series, this is just hard to predict because of this injury. Anthony Latino, comments, please. Just to close it out, I think this was one of the game's series potential matchups as the seeding was starting to come out that I had circled last week because you look at those last two matchups, the home games that Ronald mentioned, 
you know, victories kind of running away an eight point game and a 14 point game for the Mavs. Those were the two games. You know, there was a third game in there right after the Porzingis trade. But those two matchups in March were really when that Mavs team was rounding in the form. And you saw the differences between these two teams. Tough to back without Luka. What you could do here, potentially, if health news for him turns around and comes back, one game, one loss doesn't matter completely in a seven-game series. You could get great value on Mavs coming back the other way if they do get shellacked and you take Utah minus four and a half in game one. Well, there you have it for the first game of many uh, going into this one. Now we're going to go into the three and six seed in this one. And you have the Golden State Warriors making the return. Curry hitting threes from anywhere on the court going against the Denver Nuggets. I'm going to pass it to you, Capper, first. What do you think this series, how this series is going to play out? Yeah, like Shark mentioned, the status of Curry is super, super important in this one. Um, if we're looking at each game here, Nuggets win by three in the first matchup. Um, Nuggets were without a whole bunch of guys there. And on the Warriors' side, obviously, uh, Thompson was out in the beginning of the season. No green or pool either in that matchup. Um, and then the next game, the Nuggets beat the Warriors here. No green, no Iggy, no Toscano Anderson off the bench. Thompson was just, I think, back in the lineup for a few games there. And then they had Peyton starting. And Poole was struggling with the move uh, to the bench. The next game again, Nuggets by seven. Jokic had a triple-double. Warriors without Wiggins, Green, Payton, Iggy, Thompson, Curry. There was like nobody on the Warriors that game. Uh, and then a few get, few days later, Warriors finally get the first W against the Nuggets. They end up winning by nine. Jokic did nearly get another triple-double. Um, and and their Warriors were still missing key players, but Poole adjusted to his new role finally. Kaminga was actually getting accustomed to his role off of the bench. So they were, they were doing a really great job of adjusting, um, in, in my opinion. And then... I think I think here really the the key the key status injury of, of Curry is he going to play that first game that that's the thing to look into here but I mean post All Star break Nuggets really had have an advantage as far as playing offense uh, their offensive camaraderie their their team being together for the most part um, that's the only thing that I could see that they have a leg up on the Warriors defense has always stayed true to themselves um, throughout the season and and they they stayed. Uh, a defensive unit um, post Oscar break with even with all the injuries that they dealt dealt with. So it, to me, it's a, it's a, a balanced, balanced um, series here, but definitely Curry is the guy that we need to look into. Yeah. Jumping off that again, I think this is just hard to predict from a, an ATS standpoint, game to game. Uh, I think when we really look at this series, this is potentially a seven game series here. And uh, I don't have the exact numbers I'm betting that in front of me, but I do think if you guys want to take just even like a quarter unit small flyer, and I like I know people love to do this stuff in the playoffs. Of course, the first round does have a lot of accessibility game to game. As you get in the second round, within three or four weeks here, gentlemen, we're not going to have a lot of NBA basketball to bet on. And, you know, when we get down to the conference finals and the finals, there's one game a day. In the finals, there's one game every third day for two weeks. It's going quickly, so I know people want a lot of action. A lot of these – um, implied odds how many games will be played series finals have incredible incredible value and I think there's a couple we're going to talk about one in the Eastern Conference Rod and I were just talking about off the record but I think this is a seven game series waiting to happen I don't think it's going to necessarily be fluid I don't think it's going to be all the home teams win I think there will be back and forth I think the dubs will steal one in Denver I think Denver could possibly steal one or two in Golden State they could steal game one 
again, without Steph Curry, we're not sure there. If we look back this season at what happened in Golden State slightly earlier this year, interesting, interesting stuff. Denver caught Golden State in the ultimate trap game. It was the game after Christmas, three days removed, December 28th. Uh, the Dubs had just beaten Phoenix on the road, which at that point in the year was one of, if not the biggest regular season wins for any team. And they came back off that huge high, and they came out just ultra, ultra flat. They were down 20 points in the first half, tried to come back, lost again 89-86. Second one, February 16th, 2022, total game flow reversal. Dubs had just gotten insulted, took note of that, came out blazing hot, but melted the game in the fourth quarter, 39-30 Nuggets. Did proceed to lose another one at the Nuggets before getting them 113 to 102. Again, I think if you guys want to sprinkle here, maybe not even quarter unit, one tenth unit, 0.15, whatever you want to call it. Seven game series is a great bet here. And comments? Yeah, you could bet it two ways. I can't find, at least on DraftKings, poking around while the shark is pontificating to giving you guys some knowledge and some data and some ways to approach this, which I love. So I can't find a series total games. That those lines are out for a couple of these series. It's not actually out for uh, Denver and Golden State right now, but series correct score, which means you could bet this two ways if you go with that seven game series. Golden State to win four three is plus three hundred. Denver to win four three plus seven fifty. You manage your bankroll the right way, and you could sprinkle on both of those and still come out profitable, right? So a little bit of fun. I mean, one thing that's telling to me, and I just want to get Sharks comments on this real quick before we jump mm-hmm. to another, is the the line here to me on the opening game is a little telling. I know there's some uncertainty with Curry, but it's Golden State sitting minus six. That would tell you that they're kind of pointing to, expecting, thinking he's going to play, right? Otherwise, that line would be nowhere near that number. Yeah, absolutely, because they're not trying to give you six free points here on Denver. Right. Uh, but, of course, the, the the tough thing to cap on that is he hasn't played since, I believe, March 16th when, uh, I believe, Marcus Smart dove at his ankle on a national game. And that yeah. was the storyline that particular day, dirty or not. He has been out for what, what will be – uh, I believe exactly one month, April 16th, this game being played 8.30 Pacific time. Uh, we talk about this every single day. If he comes back, yeah, the line is average for him to play, but what kind of flow are they going to have? I mean, all year this has been a problem. Draymond Green was out for a period of time. They were really poor playing basketball. Clay Thompson obviously off a two-and-a-half-year injury. These three, the big three, have never really gotten any sustained on-court flow. So now you bring Curry back again. I would lean even stronger to Denver there, actually, to go in there and maybe not steal it. I mean, but probably, but definitely cover the spread. Of course, this is not official play, you guys, in the chat. Not official play right now. All speculation as we discuss this. These will be, of course, dropped the day of the game. But definitely great stuff here. Absolutely. So, look, let's go to the last Western Conference matchup here uh, that we're going to talk about. We're going to skip the 1-8s, just given the uncertainty about the play. And I don't think any of us are overly concerned about the one-seeds getting through things against some of those eight optional matchups. But the last one here is a really interesting series, and I know we're going to kick to Shark first. I know two teams he's been high on throughout the season, two young guns that actually get matched up here early against the first round. I think it's almost unfortunate that we get these guys going at each other versus you know trying to attack the old guard, maybe some of those more veteran, experienced teams that have done there. Instead, you get Memphis and Minnesota, going toe-to-toe, two surprises maybe in the Western Conference uh, for slightly different reasons. Minnesota was partying like it was 1999 last night with Patrick Beverly going off like they won the NBA title. But, hey, this team just broke a huge, huge, huge playoff drought to get back here into the mix, into the Western Conference playoffs. Shark, what do you see in Memphis, Minnesota, series, game one, anything standing out? 
Yeah, uh, 3.30 here here on uh, the Eastern time zone on Saturday afternoon. Um, you know, just as a real narrative point, psychological 101, you know, when you have that big of a win, of course, Patrick Beverly, it was a personal thing. He got cut from the Clippers. I guess it didn't go down the way he wanted to. He certainly made that very apparent in the post game, if not on court, in the locker room. Uh, Profanity-laced Instagram rant, which, you know, personally, I'm back. I, 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 love the, the, I love the competitive nature. And I think it's just a large-scale point about sports. It's become way too easy to say, be nice. You know, this is pro sports. You got to be a dog. You got to fight. You got to want to win. That's that's animosity. It's adrenaline. I love to see the adrenaline. Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly, one of my favorite players in the league, just personifies grit and hard-nosed on-court professionalism. And uh, but when you look at this game and you come in here uh, again, not official, but one of the best looks I believe on this card on Saturday probably will be Memphis at minus six and a half. Uh, Memphis, of course, well noted all year. Trifecta Nation, man. They come out first quarter ready to blow you out, and they do not let up the whole game. Speaking of blowing you out and not letting up the whole game, Minnesota did hammer them 138-95 two times ago and also did cover the most recent one, 119-114, the first game after the All-Star break, which I had incorrectly. I had Memphis there that day. Uh, The games this year at Memphis have been very tight on the number. 116-108 Memphis covered by, I believe, a hook or one, and 128-118 early season November 8th cover the same thing, I believe six and a half there. This is the same number. They are 2-0 and on this number. I do think, however, on a matinee where Minnesota has shown the inability to travel well at an early tip time off the huge high to kick off a seven-game series against arguably the most professional group in the league in a revenge game, Memphis is probably the best early look on this card. Ronald? Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think Memphis is the is the is the play for the early game, uh, for, for at least for the first game of the series. I mean, both for here for the, for this matchup here, the, the the home teams have have won each game. Um, the interesting note on that Wolves game um, that when they beat the the Grizzlies by forty three, um, you know they there was no Melton, no Brooks. I mean that's not a big deal, right? Because they they didn't deal with they didn't have Brooks for a while. This, there was a key change on the Wolves team um, where Vanderbilt was in, in, in put into the starting lineup. That kind of changed the, the, the dynamic of how the Wolves started to play defensively. And then they also caught the Grizz in a sandwich spot. They just beat the, the Clippers by 12 while, when they still had uh, Paul George. This is before he got injured. And then they had the Jazz up next when the Jazz were, were also running pretty hot. So they, they caught them pretty in a pretty bad spot, spot there. So sometimes you just want to kind of cross those games off at, at, in some points. Um, and then the Grizzlies also, they're, they're really great in, in these revenge spots. And obviously the Wolves won the last one at home. Um, and, and post-All-Star break, both of these teams were killing the Grizzlies, five and seven straight up. Wolves, 15 and eight straight up. I think that the biggest difference here is the defense. The Grizzlies have been a strong defensive team um, throughout the year, especially in the second half of the season. Uh, Post-All-Star break, second in defensive rating here. Um, and interesting to note is their second in net rating only to the Celtics too. And then the Wolves, they're not they're not far behind. They're fourth in net rating. So these guys, like you mentioned, I think the youth here is is what keeps these guys close together. They're both teams are just having fun. They're playing hard, they're having fun at the same time. And that's that's kind of the the hard part of this like like uh, Osfellow was saying, it's like I wish this wasn't the first round match cuz these guys would be awesome to watch down the road. Um to me though, I, I think the Grizzlies take it. I think um, uh, the Grizzlies uh, should be able to take this series. 
Yeah, and I don't hate b- before we kick it over to guns. The, the 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 series bets here are interesting too. Uh, Grizzlies minus one and a half is sitting at minus one thirty five on DraftKings. That protects you against the sweep, the four one, the four two. I think this probably lands Grizzlies in five, maybe Grizzlies in six. I'm a little tempted by the exact score, Grizzlies four two plus three sixty. But again, you're you're getting those odds uh, as a little bit more of a long shot because. You know, you could take that, and then they end up winning four-one, the gentleman's sweep. So some things yeah. to look out. You know, and just one comment on that. I think that's actually a great bet. I, I really do. I I see Memphis winning this in six, four to two, and I'm, there's yeah. no need to elaborate on that. You just yeah. have to go through the games, and you have to figure that Minnesota is going to probably win two at home. They won two at home in a regular season, and you know, as Ronald said, even though there were qualifiers as to why Memphis played so poorly in those games. Technically, there's a qualifier why they would play poorly in the playoffs. You're going to go to an opponent's gym in a desperation game, and you're going to get that you're going to get that energy that you saw in the last game that Minnesota played against the Clippers. I think four two here plus three sixty is a great bet. Again, maybe go quarter unit on it, but I would definitely advise on that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guns. Take great, a seat. great, great stuff there. And yeah, I guess that's going to be the series to watch. Now we're going to go head into the east, but we're going to skip the one as we done in the west we're going to be going to the four and five matchup here where you have the philly one two three four five sixers going against toronto my left stroke went viral shout out drake the raptors should be a good series but i'm going to pass it to shark first what do you think is going to happen in this spot by hat incoming sixers yeah. in seven sixers Ooh. in seven I see you guys in Philly. I see Philly chirping their baseball players. Alec Ball, I fucking yeah. hate this place. Shouting the, the people. You know, I like Philly. I like people in Philly. I like street grinders. I like people that care. That's a key point. I like people that care. And you know who cares in this matchup? One player, Joel Embiid. The rest of their roster, I don't know what to, what to say here. But Joel Embiid is that good of a player, an absolute top four player in the league right now. I think he will get them over the hump over the Raptors. I think it's going to go seven. And I will put on record again. I think quarter unit play here, sprinkle four three will be a really, really sharp look. I think that will go to the end two weeks down the road. A game seven in Philly, probably a matinee, probably a hell of a game to watch. Uh, Ronald and I were discussing this off the record. The Raptors are four and zero ATS this season against Philadelphia. That will probably reverse itself. Although Philadelphia is razor sharp on the number, this series, in my opinion, will be a series that you're probably going to want to target quarters and halves. The game flow trends will definitely flip home to away. And I'm going to throw it back to Anthony here, and then he can throw it to, to Ronald. I know that one thing you really want to talk about was the fact that Tybal will not be able to play in Canada due to something we know as COVID that I thought was no longer an issue, but maybe it is. Anthony. I still don't know if it's 2020, 21, or 2022 because COVID has caused a, a complete time lapse. But, yeah, interesting here. Tybal will not be able to make the trips, and, you know, as a Nets fan, I analyzed this trade that happened between Harden and Simmons and the Sixers and the Nets, you know, with a lot of scrutiny. And one thing that surprised me a lot, and we'll touch on this a little bit during the Nets series too, the Sixers gave up a lot of depth to make that move, right? It wasn't just Simmons and draft picks for Harden. It was Drummond and it was Curry, which means that, you know, Maxi and Tybal and those other pieces that they have that they didn't get back from the Nets to replace that depth become all the more important. So I think when you lose that piece, it's going to be really interesting. Luckily, they do have and maintain home court. So that game seven, that all-important game seven that Shark talked about, 
is still back in Philadelphia where he can play. But three games that he can't in the last matchup, they lost uh, this game before we jumped to Ronald, 119-114. Again, he did not make that trip. Van Fleet did not play in that game. And the, the Raptors still got it done. And I think, uh, I know, Ronald, you have some good data on how the Raptors performed against the Sixers throughout the year. Yeah, so Raptors 3-1 and one straight up and 4-0 four, four against the spread, like uh, like uh, Shark mentioned. I think one thing here to, to know is in that first game that the Raptors won, there was no Embiid. They only won by six points. Um, and then on the second game, you uh, the, the Sixers won the second matchup by five with Embiid, but the Raptors were missing Van Vliet. Uh, uh, Precious, Ananobi, and Barnes. Most of that's pretty much the majority of their starting lineup there. Then the Raptors beat the Sixers in the third matchup by five. This time only without Ananobi and Van Vliet. And then Raptors win again, like he, uh, Oswald mentioned, is that, that last game by five as home dogs. No Matisse uh, for the Sixers, Van Vliet and, and Ananobi out. Um, I think Van, Van Vliet is going to be able to play this series. And for them to be successful without him during the season, it, it's kind of tough to see how this this game flow is going to go right um that that's one thing that i need to to, to really see because when when van vliet was out they had this long lengthy lineup that they had to to, to kind of take care of guys like maxi um and then another thing to think about too from a betting standpoint like you guys were mentioning is is matisse can't go to toronto and and that everyone's going to be like oh well the defense out of, out of the window right but you gotta you gotta think about how many points are is is he worth defensively? Because if they adjust it too high or, or too low or whatever it might be, you could take advantage of that really. Um, and so that's one thing to think about from a betting aspect on um, the total point is how much do they adjust Matisse in, in that point? Um, but I agree with Shagna. I think this one's gonna go seven games. Um, that that's the way that I think is gonna go. Yeah, I certainly lean that way, and and I'm excited to watch that one. Mm-hmm. Great stuff, and I'm getting a lot of comments in the chat that uh, Sharks' hat game is always strong, especially with the 76ers hat. Getting a lot of comments in this one. That's the Allen Iverson era 76ers. The AI. This the is killer crossover. This is the era of stepping over the most experienced, best coach in the sport, Teron <laughs> Lu, according to local sources last night. That's right. <laughs> Let's go. So we're going to move on to the 3-6 matchup in the East. We're talking the Milwaukee Bucks going against the Chicago Bulls. A lot of people are saying that Chicago is tanking, even though they're a playoff team. Shark, what do you think of this matchup? Well, one red hat to the next, but we like green money in the center here. We have an official play dropped going back about four and a half days. Of course, this is not the same play it got steam probably because it was the sharpest look on the board uh this is milwaukee bucks minus two and a half games at minus 125 of course it was at minus 200 it could be even higher there so of course that's up to you guys your discretion if you want to lay it uh there's it a is- minus 170 out there on DraftKings. a little bit better okay so a little bit of a buyback there uh I, I don't know who's taking chicago bulls to buy that back but uh bless you for it thank you for that but uh, what you're looking at here is just an outclass team. Milwaukee's 4-0 on the season straight up, 3-1 and ATS. Milwaukee just coasted most of the season, and they still are the two seed or the three seed, whatever it is. And they're just a team that has been waiting around, knowing that for a few years in a younger Giannis generation, they overexerted themselves in the regular season and capped out in the playoffs. Last year, they learned, don't burn yourself out for 82, chill out a little bit, And what happened? They won the title. And this year in the East, it is wide open. 
This is the definition of professional parity at the top of a conference. It's hard to pick a winner, but I will say in this first round, Chicago Bulls caught fool's gold against the spread for about 40 games. They have cratered. They've had injuries. No ball. Levine in and out. DeMar DeRozan MVP status hitting buzzer beaters from three back-to-back games. Nonsense. Outliers. Garbage when it comes to this series. Milwaukee will probably get there 4-1, but they will definitely cover this at minus 2.5. That's the official play. Again, use your discretion, guys, on the price. Ronald Kabang, a banger, please. Yeah, man, I think I think the Bulls can probably steal at least one of these because looking through the game logs uh, through this season between the two teams, I think the Bucks really caught the Bulls in, in a, a whole bunch of bad spots here. Because if you think about the first loss, uh, and they only lost by four, Bulls didn't have Levine, Pat Williams, Ball, or, or uh, Javante Green. And then in the second game, they lost by six. No Caruso, no Williams, no Ball. Um, and then on the third game, obviously, they got dominated there. They, ne- they lost by nearly 30. Um, but this was a, a tough schedule spot for them. They, they Facing the Jazz in Utah, the Suns in Phoenix, Raptors at home, first game of back-to-back. Then they go to the, to Milwaukee on the second game of back-to-back. So that was a that was another tough spot as, as far as schedule-wise. And then Bulls lost the, the that fourth matchup by 21. No Lonzo, no Levine, first game of back-to-back. Celtics up next. Possibly a look ahead there. Um, so those are little things that I saw that could probably give me a – gave me like a little inkling that they could probably steal at least one of those, but their current form, the bulls just have been struggling without Lonzo ball. They, they don't have a true, true uh, playmaker here. 25th in offensive rating and 25th in defensive rating in a post all-star break. And that has to do with Lonzo ball, not being there as a playmaker. And secondly, defensively, he's, he, they didn't have him there either. And Caruso has been hurt for a majority of the second po- uh, post all-star break. And those were the two key guys that that was really holding their defense together in the beginning of the season. So I I do agree. I think I think um, Bucks take this by at least two and a half. Like you said, two and a half is the spread. I, I definitely think they could do that, but I do think the Bulls can take, probably take at least one one of those games. Yeah, Patrick Williams coming back is going to be interesting for this team because you, you get him into the mix a little bit. Is it too mm-hmm. little, too late? Probably. I think one thing you hit on that people underestimate and don't think about because the names aren't the flashiest especially with Caruso but Caruso and Ball on the defensive side of the ball were complete difference makers for this team early on and and until those injuries happened and then you really saw that struggle in the second half of the season so you know here just a quick education point before we go to the last series we were talking about you know bucks minus two and a half or bucks in five right if the bulls slide one this is why it's important to shop around and look at this from different angles if you look on DraftKings, Milwaukee Bucks to win the series 4-1 is plus 190. Milwaukee Bucks, Chicago Bulls, exact series games, five games, plus 185. Those little things matter long-term as you're betting, right? Big Doesn't seem like a huge difference, but again, find the best odds, the best way you can take the same bet. It's literally the same bet and, mm-hmm. and, and move forward that way. So, Yeah, and uh, just one, one final point here. Uh, if you really go through recent history, of course, this is uh, a different roster. But we talk about trends. Milwaukee has won 16 out of the last 17 games against Chicago. That is flat ownership of a team within the division. It's crazy. And yeah. that is just – it speaks to this bet just being absolute gold at minus two and a half. That's, that's all we have to say on that. But it's just – it's an absolute mortal lock, basically. So from the panel – you are bullish 
on the box. Mm. Polish on the box. Nailed it. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> dad, joke. Dad, dad joke. Dad joke. So let's go into the last matchup of the East. We're talking my Celtics. A house divided on the dad bod side versus the Brooklyn Nets. I'm sitting here with Sweet 17 championship behind me. I rub this for luck all the time, but I'm going to pass it to you, Shark, in sports. Please don't let me down. Well, this is going to be a tough series, really tough series. Uh, we've talked about this all year. We were just talking about it before we came on the show. Brooklyn is incredibly hard to predict because Brooklyn has more inconsistency in their roster, game to game, week to week, month to month, than almost any team in the sport. James Harden, Ben Simmons in the locker room, Kyrie Irving at home, on the road, not playing. Kevin Durant, injured. Bruce Bowen, G League, not Bruce Bowen, whatever his fucking name is. Uh, <laughs> but G League comes up, Cam Thomas, whatever, I don't even know. But comes up, he checks them. And you, look at, and you look at the Celtics on the other side of it, it's incredibly hard to predict too. We talked about this day after day after day. Something flipped with this team midseason. Ime Udoka was giving all the good talking points early season when they were losing games to bottom feeders. He was saying, process this, process that, defense, ball movement, they have to buy in, blah, blah, blah. I said on record numerous times, I don't know if Jason Tatum has the mental makeup to be, you know, his mentor, Kobe Bryant. Obviously, that's a big ask for any professional, no matter what their on-court skill level is. That's mental. But they have turned a corner. They're playing game seven defense every single game. Their ball movement is impeccable. Their role players, a lot of these guys, Peyton Pritchard and these boys, have been absolutely at the highest level of the type of guys you want to come off the bench. Great flow, first and second unit. But again, it's hard to predict because Brooklyn Nets have arguably, if not definitively, the top player in the sport, Kevin Durant, who can take over, take over every game. You saw it last year in the playoffs. He almost single-handedly took down the Milwaukee Bucks. If he hits that three versus the two by you know a half an inch, series is over. This is going to be tight. It's going to be tight every game. And I will say this on the record against the spread. These games are really contaminated, again, because the roster groups flip-flopped every game. But the most recent one on March 6, 2022 here on a weekend, final score Celtics 126-120. That line hovered anywhere between three and a half, four to six close for a push. Now you're opening in the same gym, same rosters at minus four. Razor uh, sharp stuff here to open this particular series. We will have more access to three, four, and five. Final point on this, that is a great point in terms of the series in general. Game one is hard to cap. Game seven is hard to cap. Game one is a total unknown, and game seven is one-off with mutual motivation for champions only. Two, three, four, and five is where you get bounce backs, travel, and you get the desperation you might need, oh, two, one, three, et cetera. Ronald Kabang, talk to him, and I got to take a sip of water. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think this one, like you mentioned, this is going to be a tough matchup because the another thing to think about too is the the fact that Ben Simmons is is scheduled to to show up in this round. Um, if we look at the, the games throughout the season, Nets took the first matchup, dominated them. They still had Harden in that in in the Nets here, and the the Celtics they didn't have Robert Williams, which is an issue now because they're not going to have. I don't I don't think the Robert Williams is going to play uh, this series. Uh, the next game, Celtics won by 35, but Boston had a full squad. Nets didn't have nearly anyone. Irving, Claxton, Harden, Durant, Harris, Aldridge were all out. They played a whole bunch of G League guys. <clears throat> Celtics won the next matchup. Boston with a full squad once again. Irving, KD were both out. No Harden either because this was after the trade deadline. Um, so there were uh, guys like Curry and Drummond who I think are really key players in this series specifically. Um, they they were still getting used to, to to this lineup, this roster, and how the how the Nets play as far as um just offensively. 
And then, uh, like you touched on, the Celtics winning by six in this last matchup. KD and Kurt, Ky, uh, Kyrie did both play this game, but then Tatum, Tatum went off for 54, and and the Nets still only lost by six. And this is where Ben Simmons can really come in and, and make a name for himself. If he if he really has been so confident in the practice facility, you know, coming into the playoffs, he's going to be able to to shut Tatum down. If he if he can get back to how he was in Philly defensively, he's going to be able to do that. Um, pretty easily, and I feel like that's where the Nets can really take over the series in, in that aspect. And also, uh, we were talking before the show, the fact that Robert Williams is no not going to be on the, on the team, uh, not going to be in the lineup, and they're going to have Drummond, who who I feel like was a really uh, key player in this trade deadline for the for the Nets to be able to kind of go further in the playoffs. He's going to be able to dominate down low. I know I know um, Guns was talking about Atis. Uh, 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 but you know he's more of a, a perimeter player, not someone that was, that's going to get some rebounds and bang down low. And, and at that point, you can have uh, you can have KD uh, play up there in the center position because they they're not going to have anyone banging down low. So I think I think at that point, I think Nets can really have the the ability to to be flexible and do what they want offensively. Um, and, and to me, I think the Nets can. Uh, if I was going to be able to take one of the lower seeds to win the series, it, to me, it would be the Nets. Great stuff. Odds it. What do you think about that? I'd like to challenge you to a uh, Malort series bet. <laughs> hey, we. I, I, I'm putting a challenge out to Malort. Like, yeah, we listen, need Malort we, to we respond. Have, we have pumped your product up that nobody does outside of Chicago. Why don't you give us a bottle and let us uh, settle our bets that we've done since 2020, since when we were doing COVID? I'm. I guess now that we, we've we've basically given you all the breakdowns of the East, we've given you the breakdowns of the West. We still have a few more playing games. Do you guys have any thoughts of the playing games that are left? I know the Hawks are going to be playing the Cavs. It looks like, uh, and then we still have a game up for grabs with the Spurs and Pelicans versus the Clippers. Any thoughts on those games? I'll pass to you, Shark. Yeah, that's going to be tough. I have to look at the numbers on those. Uh, those are going to be numbers dependent. I think the Vegas average will tell us a good story. Uh, you do want to lean Hawks. I think the Hawks are just a higher class. Uh, we talked about this numerous times, but the Hawks did coast most of the season. They've obviously turned a massive <laughs> corner. Uh, however, their road efficiency is not home efficiency at all. So that'll have to be numbers. But I do want to officially put on record here for this show, Dad's, Dad Bod's podcast here. April 13th, 2022, um, two official plays. And it is minus two and a half Milwaukee Bucks for the series. And I'm going to put a quarter unit on final tally 4-3 Philadelphia 76ers. As I said, Saturday or Sunday in two weeks, it's going down. They're angry and they're ready to dominate. That'll close it out for me. Ron, I'll give an official play and then throw it to Ant. We'll close this one up. Yeah, I think um, – sorry, one second – um, for me, I, I don't. It's hard for me to do series games because I love playing the games game by game. Um, at this point, you know, as far as series goes, I mean, I, I I'm gonna agree with you. Obviously, with the Bucks here, uh, that that was one play that I liked that you mentioned. Um, another thing is, uh, what was the game that that to reach seven seven games was a uh, the Raptors and um, the Raptors series. I think that one's gonna go uh, seven games. Um, and the other one was if if there was a, a, a team that was lower ranked to, to win a series, I think the Nets is going to win that one. That's another one that I really liked. Um, I haven't looked at the odds, really. I mean, I like I mentioned, I just like playing game by game. But those were the three that I heard through this conversation here that I, I really like a lot. 
Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of ways. I mean, follow all of us on Twitter for free plays, free futures, free look-aheads. I know Shark and Sports and UCAP are going to be doing that throughout as the lead-in to these games kicking off Saturday and Sunday for a big NBA weekend. I think the only official on the podcast for me is I already nibbled on that Memphis Grizzlies 4-2 series victory at plus 360 available on DraftKings. I love that line. I'm going to shop around too, see if I can find it anywhere else any differently, uh, but a good number, a strong number, and what I think is going to be a little bit of a back-and-forth series that ultimately the Grizzlies still control. Um, really looking forward to this Nets-Celtics matchup, though. I think you know the Nets, it's it's do or die, right? you got a short window with KD and Kyrie and this squad. They're a deep team, but defensively, they really got to get it together, get some stops, tighten some things up. So I think game one might be telling uh, Simmons may be back game three or some of the speculation and the reports I'll be watching closely, but for now one official keep, keep looking online. And I'm going Malort shot for the Celtics to win the series versus Brooklyn. And that's just a fan bet, but I think that's going to do it for the dad boss podcast. Thanks for joining us again. Follow us all on Twitter. You can see the names on here at guns picks at the underscore odds, underscore fellows at shark and sports. And at you, Y-O-U underscore Capper on Twitter. Until next time for Dad Bods episode 80, I say good luck with your bets. Let's keep dancing. And as always, peace.